Welcome in. It's another edition of the Doug Russell Podcast. Glad to have you along with us. As always, we love to hear from you. You can hit us up on our socials. You can find me on Twitter, at Doug Russell. You can find the show on uh, Twitter and Instagram, at Doug Russell Pod. And uh, for everything that we do, of course, maybe you found uh, the show here on our website. It's www.dougrussellpod.com. I don't know how you found the show today. I'm glad you did. I want to jump right into it. There's a saying in in radio. It says, when the show starts, start the show. And that's exactly what we're going to do and kind of dispense with all of the uh, the niceties because I'm kind of tired of the one thing that we have been talking about now for more than a month. Day 29. Day on the crossover on 97.3 The Game and on our statewide radio network, we have the countdown of how long this Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay Packers nonsense has gone on. Now, in the last week, there have been some movements, some, I don't know, confirmations, perhaps, that this is a situation that isn't going away easily and it's not going away anytime soon we will get to that but first how did we get to this point in the first place it does uh show the disdain i think for uh brian gutekunst moves and what he's done a general manager i don't know if it's a personal thing but at least what he's done in his job that aaron Rodgers has for him um, and, and I'll add one more thing to this, because now it's all coming out, right? Now that the story's out there, everybody, oh, this happened and this happened and this happened. Um, what I'm told from multiple sources is that Aaron Rodgers was telling the Packers prospective free agents, basically, before you make any decision, I'm probably not going to be here. All right. So everybody seems to have their own opinion. Very early on, Packers or former Packers coach Mike Holmgren, who never coached Aaron Rodgers, but did coach his predecessor, of course, Brett Favre. Mike Holmgren, an old school, an old school guy, was asked his opinion of the matter. It's not good, uh, that's for sure. I, I've been asked that a fair amount uh, in Seattle uh, about this situation, and I, you know, and John, you remember how it was with. Uh, Brett and, and the guys, I, I can't imagine the relationship, a relationship between the coach or management or whoever's making the decisions and a star quarterback like that getting to this point. I just can't imagine it. I wouldn't allow it. It wouldn't happen. But now it, it has happened. And, and, you know, I would call him in. We'd sit down and not leave until we kind of had an understanding one way or the other and either you know, he's going to continue playing or you'd have to, or it, it's it, it, the ball's in his court, you know, cause I want him there. I need him there. I love him. Now, what are you going to do? You know, well, it, they didn't handle it very well. I don't think, I don't know how you guys looked at it, but they didn't handle it very well. Yeah. When you were a coach or when you were a, a general manager in Cleveland, uh, was it incumbent upon you to inform your team members when you were going to draft a player at their position? No. Yeah, no, you just did. You went about the business of drafting, and whatever you acquired, you acquired. And guess what, guys? We're adding people to our team, and if they happen to be at your position, so sad, too bad, bye bye. This whole we've got to give people a heads up is it's perplexing to me. I don't well, I get it. I, well, I know, I but I think you know when you have a, uh, you also know your players. 
You know, and I mean, th- th- listen, this is the second time the Packers have gone through this. They did, they went through it with Brett too when they when they drafted Aaron, ironically enough. And so, uh, but if you have a, a superstar like that, or a Joe, the guys I've been privileged enough to coach, like a Joe Montana or those types of guys, you know, in in San Francisco, uh, Coach Walsh didn't Bill Walsh didn't tell Joe they were bringing Steve Young in. He just did it, you know. And but it's John, look, I know you made a lot of money playing. I know that. But <laughs> but it's a different world now. It's yeah. a different world. And with a vet franchise quarterback and a guy as good as Aaron, um, you know, you probably have to – you don't treat all the players the same. I mean, you have a bright – no one crosses. But, you know, I would call him in. I said, look, at, we're, we're going to do this, but don't – this is how it's going to affect you we got to get ready for when you retire. We got to kind of think of the franchise, but nothing's going to happen now. You're the man. You're the guy. Yeah. And or, or somehow, then if he didn't like that, if he didn't like that, now all of a sudden you're at, at the situation you have it. But you're right. I never. No, we never talked to the players about who we we're going to draft. Former Packers coach Mike Holmgren on ESPN 1000 in Chicago. All right, as for the current players, that's all that they've been asked about every time that they appear on national programs. Packers running back Aaron Jones was asked about the Aaron Rodgers situation when he joined the Rich Eisen show. Did you have any contact with Aaron Rodgers during your free agency period where he was checking in on you or anything like that? I don't know what the nature of your relationship is, but I just figured I'd ask that question. Uh, he checked on me, seeing how how I was doing it, and um, I, I texted him, letting, letting him know that I was coming back, and, uh, he, and him and Tay and uh, David and Sadie's, they were all uh, excited. I let them know before I like, get it broke, um, and uh, all of my guys, all of my leaders, they were excited for me and um, congratulating. So, um, what is uh, your sense on what is going on with Aaron Rodgers? And the Packers right now. Um, I mean, I'm just sitting back. I mean, I see what everybody else sees. I mean, I haven't heard from Aaron or anybody, so I'm just I'm gonna wait till I get up to Green Bay and see for myself or hear hear it from him myself. You know, it's just um, I don't get caught up in the reading the articles and things like that. Um, I'll just wait until it plays out and control what I can control. So uh, how how much time did Jordan Love get on the practice field last year? Can you take me into that front row seat? Did he get much time at all in Aaron's MVP season? Aaron, uh, yes, sir. I mean, we um, he he, played, he ran a scout team, and um, I'm, he was working with me every Saturday. I mean, we're doing over the shoulder ball drills, different things like that. So Jordan did get a get a lot of words. I mean, and then they have. We have periods every day where um, there we have individual periods where they're working with us and de- working on our development every day. How is he handling all of this? Do you have any contact with him, Aaron? Uh, no, sir. I haven't. I haven't really talked to him. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll communicate here and there, but it's just hey, how you doing? Um, just kind of checking up on each other. Not so much about hey, did you see what was going on or no, not too much like that. It's just. Uh, Checking up on them outside of football. So, how many people are, are asking you the questions that I'm asking you in your life, Aaron? Uh, a lot, <laughs> a lot. <laughs> I, I imagine, you know, and and I, you know, look, it's not like you know you're going to break 
you know, any news here, but, you know, this is a very frayed time, correct, for, for Packers fans and people in your life wanting to know if the gang can be run back together or if whatever pieces have fallen apart can be put back together. What is what is your sense of things on that? Just, you know, knowing whatever you do know and whatever feelings you may have on the subject matter. Um, definitely. I mean, you know, everybody who's asked, uh, who's curious, you know, um, we all want A-Rod back in Green Bay. I think that's, that's obvious. Um, he's a great leader, a great player, and a great person off the field, and just somebody to learn from. Um, he he probably believes in you more than you believe in yourself when you're first coming in, and uh, he just helps players develop. So I mean, I I, I love having him. I love having him around. I, what I do hope you, he continues to be my quarterback. I think I, I think you've you've mentioned this before, but I'll I'll, I'll ask it again here. Um, certainly, since you just mentioned that, what do you mean by he believes in you maybe more than you believe in yourself? What do you mean by that? Uh, just you know, players coming in like as rookies, you know, you're it's bright eyed, it's it's new to you. Uh you may everybody may not believe themselves, but you have uh a future Hall of Famer, a guy who just won the M V P um in your corner and he's telling you, Hey, I'm you're one of my uh I'm one of your biggest fans in this organization and he tells you that he's he's obviously a fan because he's seen what you what you can do and what you bring to the table and got just gotta continue to work so uh, I mean that, that's part of it right there, and, I, and not just me, but I've seen him do it to so many other other players. Uh, pick them up, or as rookies, you know, just bring them along and guide them along, and then they they end up being great players. Hmm. Is and does he do that for Jordan Love too, Aaron? Oh yes, oh yes. You see him working with Jordan uh, every day, all day, trying to teach him teach him as much as he can, and. Um, so that that's the cool part to see about A Rod, you know. Can you what what give me an example of that? Like you you see him off to the side, giving Jordan Love tips and things like that. Yes, sir. Maybe it might be a play and uh, what he saw if it was like uh, if it was like the first read or the second read or third read. Maybe what he saw or um, you know or maybe a little bit on the mechanic side of it or. Um, it just goes into so many things, so many different things, or it could be uh, the sound at the uh, at the cadence, trying to catch them jumping off sides, little things. So, so many things, and he's just trying to um, better the players around him. Truly. So, what the hell's going on, Aaron Jones? <laughs> what is what is happening? You, you, uh, I, I have no clue. Oh, it's right. It's about to say. So, I guess. So, what is your before we put a pin in this, and I'll, I want to hit you on the schedule as well here, Aaron Jones on the Rich Eisen Show. What's your sense? Do you think week one when you're in New Orleans, you're going to be grabbing a ball from 12? Or he's going to turn around, he's going to hand it to you, and off you go like like, like nothing happened? Or what do you think? What's your sense of it? Um, I, I mean, I hope, I hope so. That's, I mean, that's my quarterback. That's our quarterback. Uh, so I would, I would hope so. Um, I mean, I don't even – yeah, that's all, that's all I could think of, you know. Um, I hope he's our quarterback. Like I said, I hope he's our quarterback. Hope he's there week one, uh, handing it off, and it all works out. Packers running back Aaron Jones on the Rich Eisen Show.
course, on the crossover uh, that you maybe listen to on 97.3 The Game in Milwaukee from noon until 3. Certainly, Ted Davis and I have had a lot to say about the whole Aaron Rodgers situation and where it's gone and maybe where it's going. The I saw on CBS Sports the other day, and I know this is way too early. It's kind of ridiculous to even talk about this, but I, I bring it up for a reason, a specific reason here. They put out their NFL preseason power rankings. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> Look, I know. I know. It's its own cottage industry. I know. It's uh, it's ridiculous. Um, They had Kansas City 1. I'm doing it for a reason. Just stay with okay. me here. Okay, I'm, I'm with you. I'm Kansas with City 1, Tampa Bay 2, Buffalo Bills 3, L.A. Rams 4, Green Bay 5, on the assumption that Rodgers will work this out yeah, and come back. There's an asterisk. Okay. Now, they had the Denver Broncos 26th. <laughs> okay. So my point is, even if Rodgers decides that's it, I'm done, done with the Packers, I'm going to Denver, would he be enough to take that team from 26th up to where the Packers are at five? He's a difference maker. I mean, look, he's the league's MVP. There has never been a reigning MVP traded in the offseason in NFL history. It's never happened. So would he make the Broncos instantly better? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But the haul that the Packers would have to get back instantly makes them worse. And even with him, could they get through Kansas City? No, I don't think so. I think Kansas City's to me, Kansas City's the best team in football. They still are. And right. they probably will be for at least a couple of years. And Patrick Mahomes is their difference maker. And he's going to be a difference maker, assuming he stays healthy for a long time. So... Does it make the Broncos better? Absolutely. If I'm John Elway, do I make that trade? Hey, look, it worked out with Peyton Manning. So you roll the dice with Aaron Rodgers, and I understand that. I get that, and it might make them eventually a Super Bowl contender. But again, you've got that behemoth in that division in the AFC West that you just mentioned, the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, that makes it almost impossible, that even with Aaron Rodgers, considering what Green Bay would have to get back in order to trade him, for them to get better than KC. Uh, several uh, texts that Jennifer Lawrence is now married. So I Oh, she know. is. I didn't know that. Well, look up her husband. See who it is. Okay. Uh, we'll do that. And uh, here's uh, mailman Jeff in Madison talking about uh, whether or not, uh, you know, Shailene or Jennifer Lawrence is uh, better looking or hotter. And he says, beauty is in the eyes of the beer holder. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Uh, it's well played. Uh, well, well played. Mailman Jeff. So who'd she marry? <laughs> Uh, she married some dude named Cook Maroney. Cook Maroney. I don't know who Cook Maroney is. Huh. Um, all right. I don't, he is, he doesn't appear to be in any, showbiz. Uh, not front facing. He might be behind the scenes. A lot of actors and actresses wind up, uh, marrying someone who's like a cinematographer or something like that. Uh, right. let's see. She, all right. She began a relationship in 2018 with Cook Maroney, an art gallery director. Oh, okay. And the pair became engaged in February 2019. They married that October in Rhode Island. As of May 2019, she resides in Lower Manhattan, New York City, and Beverly Hills, California. To our uh, Thank you to our friends at Wikipedia. So it's um, made it two years now, that marriage almost. Wow. That's like, you know, 20 in Hollywood. Yeah, you got to extend. It's like dog years for marriages <laughs> in Hollywood. The reason, here, so here's what they wrote on, on CBS Sports about... Uh, the, the way-too-early power rankings. And this is what they wrote about the Packers. If Rodgers would choose to embrace it, he would see that the draft improved his chances of getting over the hump 
Speedy corner Eric Stokes, first round, three offensive linemen and a wide receiver, Amari Rogers. His chances of winning a Super Bowl are better in Green Bay than anywhere else he could presumably go if he would just embrace it. Yeah, there's there's no argument with that. Where else is he going to go that's going to be a contender that has a need at quarterback that wouldn't have to give up the farm to get him? If he is you know, true about wanting to win another championship, and we don't know if that's true or not because he hasn't said a damn word, yep. then he's going to come back to Green Bay. He's going to, but again, it goes back to what we've been saying since this began. He's a stubborn guy who digs in his heels. He's a guy who carries grudges. He's someone who doesn't let anything go, and that is oftentimes to his own detriment in his personal life. It's worked out in his professional life because, you know, well, that chip on his shoulders made him a Hall of Fame quarterback. Okay, maybe. It's also made him an a-hole. It's also made him someone who, again, and we didn't talk about this until three weeks ago when it you know, kind of all became more relevant than it should, but this is also a guy who hasn't spoken to his family in eight years. Ted Davis and me on the crossover, which you can listen to Monday through Friday from noon until 3 on 97.3 The Game in Milwaukee. Uh, we're also on Fox Sports 1070 The Game in Madison, WNFL Radio in Green Bay, other stations around the uh, state as well. We're on uh, The Game in Rhinelander. We're also on in Wausau, Twin Ports, uh, Duluth Superior. So all over the state you can listen to the crossover, and certainly we've had a lot to t- we've We've talked about this a lot. Uh, over the course of the last month. We also had uh, the writer and founder of Go Long TD. It's a website that it really is re- well written um, by our friend Tyler Dunn. Used to, co- uh, of course, cover the Packers for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. And uh, Ted and I had a chance to catch up with Tyler Dunn and ask him his response to all of this. No doubt. Um, I-, I think first off, when you really look at this, this whole Aaron Rodgers stalemate, and it starts with him, right? I mean, the Packers would love for him to be the quarterback. I mean, he's under contract for three more years by all reports. I mean, it's been several reports now. They're willing to pay him more than any quarterback's getting paid in the NFL. And look, the ball's literally in his court. It's in his hands. As long as he's good at playing quarterback, Jordan lives on the sidelines. So it's kind of a strange thing to begin with. It shouldn't have gotten to this point. Um, I'm, I'm kind of shocked that, that it has, that he's taken it to this point. But, um, yeah, I guess we'll hear from him soon. But we have to kind of trust uh, what he's putting out there anonymously because he hasn't denied it. And it's been a few weeks now. So if I'm Green Bay, right, I mean, and you know his personality. You know that if you're cut out, you're cut out. I mean, we, we've seen it with Aaron Rodgers. And it sure seems like the general manager, has, he has some problems with them, and he can't get past that selection of a quarterback. I can't see Aaron Rodgers changing his mind. Look. There's always that chance that he says, this is all a bunch of smears and fake news and noise. Don't believe what you heard. And he shows up day one at training camp. I'm not saying that that chance doesn't exist. But I sincerely believe he's dug in. And if he doesn't budge, if he's not going to budge, I don't think Green Bay should hold their breath. I think when June 1st hits and that cap hit isn't as bad, you don't have to eat as much money. You just have to chart a new direction for your team. And rally behind that player that you drafted in the first round because if you let this get into training camp, into the regular season, man, you've got all kinds of problems in your organization. Tyler, I'm going to say that it's not going to happen, and I will put it at 100% because it's been more than three weeks since this story came out. 
if somebody accused me of something or if there was a story about me that was wrong, I'd get out in front of it. I mean, he's saying volumes, in my opinion, with his silence. You're absolutely right, Doug. And, yeah, that, that's it. If it was, if any of this was false, you know, especially the, the Yahoo report, you know, Charles Robinson's a, a fantastic reporter. That That's not coming out of thin air. I mean, and you can slice and splice those words all you want, and, and people have tried to do, do that. I get it. But, like, he, he doesn't, according to that report, he doesn't want Brian Griggs to be the general manager. He wants him out. And if you're Mark Murphy, basically the de facto owner of this team, like, it, it, maybe it's, a to- it's as simple as that. Like, he only will come back if the GM is gone, and you can't set that precedent. I, you know, you just can't. Like, the, the, you, you trade him. You, you let him retire. You do anything but that. I can't see the Packers even entertaining that thought. So the fact that, to your point, the Aaron Rodgers didn't come out and, and deny that and scream it from the mountaintop that it's absolutely false, um, tells you that's what he believes, you know, until until he says otherwise. So, yeah, I, I think that they really are in this stalemate. They're stuck. And if you're Green Bay, you have a decision to make. All right, so you worked around Aaron Rodgers all the time. You've you've seen him. Uh, we know he's a stubborn person. He, he's he got uh, a thin skin. He's got a chip on his shoulder. So when he gets his heels dug in, he can be he can be pretty intractable, can't he? Oh, 100%. Um, It's part of what makes him a great quarterback, the fact that any minuscule slight, whether it's real, whether it's perceived, he's going to use it. I mean, and that was part of the genius in the Jordan Love pick. I mean, they had to know that this was going to to kick him off, and and when Aaron Rodgers is ticked off, he's going to win an MVP award. I think the miscalculation, if it was a miscalculation, is that he would take it to this extreme. Well, we're talking here in, in mid-May about Aaron Rodgers maybe not playing another down for the Packers. I don't think the Packers wanted this transition to be 2021. But but I think the fact that he is who he is, and he isn't just going to – I would be absolutely stunned if he went on ESPN with Kenny Main on Monday and said, hey, guys, you know, I'll be back. We'll see, we'll see you in two days. All, all is good. I mean, I just can't see it. To, to your point, Ted, that this is his personality. Like, you know, it, it is part of what makes him great. And I think a lot of players do kind of kind of love that about him. But it, it does lead to problems internally. You saw it with Mike McCarthy, um, Mark Murphy, Brian Gutekunst. They, they know what they're dealing with, and you're seeing it right now. And if you're Green Bay, like, I get it. Like, with all of these transcendent talents, I'm sure the Lakers and Phil Jackson with Kobe, um, and, you know, Michael Jordan before that, um, you see it in the NFL sometimes, you know, at the wide receiver position. You're willing to put up with a certain amount of this behind the scenes because he's just so good. I mean, it's a Hall of Famer. Like, and everybody's going to make money. Everybody's going to be successful because he's so good. But at some point, you just say enough is enough and you have to draw that line in the sand. I, I would think that they would draw that line if he's seriously wants the GM fired. Like, I, I don't know how you get into that. That would be insane. In your opinion, as someone who's been around not only the Packers, but football players throughout your professional career, how much damage has Aaron Rodgers already done if he does come back to Green Bay, not only in the front office, but also in the locker room? That's what's really fascinating, Doug, because, you know, the players I've talked to, I mean, they love Aaron Rodgers. I, I don't want people to get, to get the wrong idea. I think that 
I think that they really do love him in that locker room. I mean, how could you not? I mean, he just won MVP. Um, you know, I think the players are a pro player first. And, and yeah, you, you, you play for that G on the side of your helmet, and, and you know who's writing your checks, all that stuff. But they they want players want other players to get paid, and especially if it's Aaron Rodgers, they're gonna they're gonna be behind him. I've definitely heard that. I do wonder though, at what point does that kind of shift and that kind of change? Like if this gets into training camp and he's not playing, he's not reporting, and, and you know he he can communicate with these guys all he wants. I think there will be players in that locker room that are kind of like, oh man, like are we chopped liver? Like you don't think you can win here? You don't want to play for us? I think that those guys they're not saying it right now, but I'm sure that's a thought that would enter their minds and. And in the front office, like for the reasons we just kind of laid out, like yes, there's going to be problems if if there's a player that wants to have all of this personnel control, power behind the scenes, and and, and believes he's entitled to that. In your Green Bay, how much do you bend? I, I think if, if you bend too much, you're going to break. Like Michael Jordan has not done a great job running the Charlotte Bobcats. The Charlotte Hornets. Like, just because you're really good at athletic sport doesn't mean you're a great GM. Jake Kumaro had one catch after Aaron Rodgers said what he said and wanted to keep him around. Jordy Nelson was really, really bad for the Oakland Raiders. He didn't play football after that season. So I, I, I know Aaron Rodgers wants his power, and he's really good at playing football. It doesn't mean he'd be a great GM. I think that Brian Gutekind is in his position for a reason, and he's done a lot of really good things the past few years. Uh, Tyler Dunn of GoLongTD.com. Final question. Um, let's say they do decide to move on from Rodgers, and however it plays out, he's gone. I can't imagine a more pressure-filled situation for Jordan Love, who's never taken a snap. If you're the Packers, would you just throw him out there immediately, or would you go with, I don't know, heaven forbid, a Blake Bortles for a little while to give him a cushion, or what would you do? Because, man, you talk about pressure when you take your first damn snap. So what would you do? I think that they would love to have – I don't know if it's Blake Bortles. Who knows? Maybe they get Derek Carr or Teddy Bridgewater or something like that in a trade. We'll, we'll see. I'm sure they'd love to give Jordan Love a little bit more time. They they know he's very raw. But I don't even think they know what they have in him. You know, he was on the scout team all year. He He's pretending to be other quarterbacks. He wasn't even able to be himself. And, you know, talking to a lot of people who know Jordan Love, and we had his, his personal quarterback coach, uh, Steve Calhoun, on one of our happy hours that go along. And, I mean, they all say it, it, you get him in a game when he can just kind of operate off instincts and feel and, and rely on that big arm and that athleticism. That's when you see the best of Jordan Love. You didn't see it all offseason because of COVID. You didn't see it in the preseason because there was no preseason. You didn't really see it in training camp. I mean, there's so much going through his brain and just trying to learn the offense. And, you know, it, it, it's only a few weeks and it happens so fast. And then, boom, the regular season hits and he's other quarterbacks every week on the scout team. So I, he's the beautiful mystery, right? I mean, Aaron Rodgers knew what he was doing all along. This was clearly all planned out. When he said it was a mystery, it was no mystery. <laughs> he saw this all coming. He loves seeing the Packers squirm right now. The mystery is Jordan Love, and it's on Green Bay to figure out if they can put their trust in him. It's fascinating. I think they'd love to give him a little bit more time, but you know what? The time is now. I think you just have to get behind this guy, take the trade that you can get June first, and move on as a franchise. Former Packers beat writer Tyler Dunn, who has spent time in the locker room with Aaron Rodgers, as have I. This is all building up, by the way, to Aaron Rodgers 
finally, after almost a month of this nonsense, finally saying something when he was asked about it on Kenny Maine's last ESPN SportsCenter broadcast a week ago Monday. I'm going to ask one serious question that you kind of led me to, so we serve the people on all counts. Do you find it strange that the people have been sort of conditioned to believe management is always right, like like the player's a bad guy because he stands up for himself. Management must be right because the loyalty to the team is paramount. And then someone like you, others, Richard Sherman, have kind of voiced that opinion like, hey, I, I'm, a, I'm a worker. I work for myself and my family, so I'm going to stick up for myself in whatever situation it is. God, that was a serious question. <laughs> that was a good question. You know, I think, I think sometimes people forget uh, what really makes an organization. And uh, you know, history is important. Uh, you know, legacy uh, of so many uh, people who've come before you. But the people—that's the most important thing. The people make an organization. People make a business, um, and sometimes uh, that gets forgotten. You know, culture is built brick by brick. The foundation of it by the people. You know, not by the not by the organization, not by the building, not by the, the corporation. It's built by the people. And I've been fortunate enough to play with a number of amazing, amazing people and got to work for some amazing people as well. And it's those people that build the foundation of those entities. And I think sometimes we forget that, you know. Are uh, you demanding my, a trade? With, yeah, with my situation, look, it's it's never been about uh, you know, never been about the draft pick, uh, picking Jordan. I love Jordan. He's a great kid. Um, you know, he, he a lot of fun to, to work together. Uh, I love coaching staff, love my teammates, you know, love the fan base in Green Bay. It's incredible, incredible 16 years. It's just kind of about a, a, a philosophy, uh, you know, and, and maybe forgetting that it is about the people that make the thing go. It's about, it's about character. It's about culture. It's about doing things the right way. And a lot of this was put in motion last year, and uh, the wrench was just kind of thrown into it when I won MVP and played uh, the way I played last year. So this is just kind of, I think, uh, the the spill out of all that. But, look, man, it is about the people, and that's the most important thing. Green Bay has always been about the people, from Curly Lambeau uh, being owner and founder to the 60s with Lombardi and Bart Starr and all those incredible names, to the 90s teams with – Coach Holmgren and Farvey and the Minister of Defense to the, the run that we've been on. It's about it's about the people. Aaron Rodgers not really saying much of anything, but at least acknowledging that this was a thing. I want to close out before I have my say on all of this. Because I've done a metamorphosis since this began. At first it was shock, and then it was, well, the Packers really screwed up here, but Aaron Rodgers is also overly sensitive and is stubborn as well. But Rich Eisen from the NFL Network, and he also does his only or his own, his own national radio program every day. He kind of hit the nail on the head here to a certain extent. If you see what the problem was in the drafting of Love and not letting Rodgers know about it. It makes no sense. It makes no sense right now for a lot of people because you're viewing it through the prism of his MVP season. 
But we need to view it through the prism of before it. Chris, you remember we were in the, it was the spring of 2019. We were in New York City, I believe, part of our audience uh, show at the time. The show on Audience Network in the beautiful studio there in Tribeca. And a story came out in Bleacher Report. Yep. About McCarthy and Rogers no longer, the reason why McCarthy eventually was gone and now LaFleur has come in is because the last several months of the McCarthy-Rogers relationship had thoroughly deteriorated. And a lot of it you also heard from a lot of unnamed sources that Rogers had some fingerprints on the problems as well that ailed the franchise. Some of the fingerprints were Rogers himself. And some of them were Rogers trying to fix what he thought were the fingerprints of McCarthy, changing plays and things like that, looking at the sideline like, really? And let's not forget, when LaFleur was hired, a 39-year-old guy, never been a head coach before, this is the guy that is now being attached to Aaron Rodgers in his final years in Green Bay. However long that may be. Right. And can the Rodgers leopard change even some of his spots? Rich Eisen from this past Friday. And I think that Rich Eisen is right. This has gone on long enough, and it doesn't seem, if you listen to maybe everything that goes on between the lines of what he said to Kenny Mayne, all of the the words that were parsed about it being about people, about, you know, he loves his teammates. Well, if you loved your teammates, maybe you wouldn't put them in this situation. I love the fans. Well, maybe if you love the fans so much, you wouldn't put them in this situation situation because the fans right now are not on Aaron Rodgers side because the longer this has gone on and the less that Aaron has actually had to say about this I think the worse it is for him it's putting the the organization yes in a bad situation but it's also painting Aaron Rodgers as just a big baby and at the end of the day that's what he is he's a great quarterback maybe one of the best top three to ever play the position. He's a phenomenal talent. Coming off an incredible season. Talent-wise, you can't take anything away from him. He's a smart guy. Maybe the smartest. I don't think maybe. I mean, without question. Book smart. The smartest athlete I've ever been around in my 30 years of covering sports in Wisconsin and nationally. So he's a great player. And he's a smart player. But that doesn't mean that he can't act like an asshole sometimes. And right now, Aaron Rodgers is being an asshole. The Packers are bending over backwards. And look, I nine times out of ten, hell, not, maybe 99 times out of 100, if it's going to be team versus the athlete, I'm going to side with the athlete. Because I think that they put their bodies on the line. Yes, they're extraordinarily well paid for it. I understand that, but owners are making money hand over fist too. Ain't nobody going broke in professional sports right now. So if it's about money, I'm generally going to side with, air quotes, labor. But this isn't about money. This is about Aaron Rodgers, soft as a feather pillow ego. That's all this is about. This is about Aaron Rodgers being a baby. This is about Aaron Rodgers having his fragile ego 
bruised by his employer. This is about Aaron Rodgers doing what almost no athlete gets a chance to do, and that's dictate the terms of his own exit from professional athletics. That's generally not how it works. There's a saying in sports, nothing is is bigger than the organization. And there's truth to that. Aaron Rodgers isn't bigger than the Green Bay Packers, but he sure as hell is acting like he's bigger than the Green Bay Packers. And again, this is coming from the perspective, my perspective, of being someone who sides generally, almost always, with the athlete and not the organization. Because you look at what the Chicago Bulls did, maybe this is a good uh, a good parallel. What the Chicago Bulls did when they tore down that championship team, that three-time, six, hell, six-time championship team, is they pulled the plug too early. They had just won two NBA championships with the core of Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Phil Jackson, Dennis Rodman. And the ancillary players around them, the role players around them. They had just won two championships, and they said, that's enough. After the season, we're going to pull the plug. And then they went out, and they won another championship. Who's winning championships in Green Bay right now? The last time the Packers won a championship was more than a decade ago. At some point, you're going to have to move on from Aaron Rodgers. Every relationship ends. You've, maybe you've heard me say it before. Maybe on this podcast or on radio, uh, other radio shows. The best relationships end with somebody in a pine box. Every relationship ends. Whether it's till death do us part or until the death of that athlete. In this case, if it's an athlete in a team, the death of that athlete's career. And every athlete has to face that. They say that every athlete has to face two deaths. And to a certain extent, that's true. At some point, Aaron Rodgers is going to be faced with the prospect of being unable physically to play the game that he has played his entire life. That is the case for every single athlete. It's going to continue to be the case for every single athlete until the end of athletics. You have to deal with that, and you have to learn that, you know what, that's just the way that it is, and you can't change that. So if Aaron Rodgers is so hell-bent on leaving Green Bay, fine, go. I'm not pissed off at him because he had a great season. I'm not pissed off at him because he plays with a chip on his shoulder. I'm not pissed off at him that he viewed the drafting of Jordan Love, and not Jordan Love himself, not as a human being, but the drafting of Jordan Love. I'm not mad at him for viewing the drafting of Jordan Love as an affront to him, but I am mad at him, if you want to use those that, you know, that terminology. You can take umbrage with him for taking the drafting of Jordan Love and using that as, well, pff, I'm just going to take my ball and hide in a corner because if you don't want me to play for you, I don't want to play for you either. Screw you. I'm going to be a big baby and, and just go suck my thumb in the corner, and I want out. I'm going to demand out, and I'm not going to say anything publicly about it. You can't tell me, Aaron Rodgers, that you love the fans of Green Bay and then not address them and say what's going on and not tell them the truth. That doesn't fly. It doesn't fly in Green Bay. It doesn't fly anywhere. 
all lip service. If you actually love the fans of Green Bay, tell them what's going on. Do I think the Packers have some culpability? Sure, they should have communicated better, but they have bent over backwards trying to kiss your ass, Aaron Rodgers, for not only the last month, but apparently since the season ended, since it became known that, you know what, I'm mad. I'm mad about this, and I'm not going to sign the extension that you've offered me. And Matt LaFleur is flying out to California, and Brian Gutekunst is flying out to California, and Mark Murphy is flying out to California to kiss your damn ring. Yeah, you're the quarterback. You're the MVP. To a certain extent, you have to treat that person differently. But if you are so hell-bent and so pissed off that you feel like you were in the last couple of years, and Jake Kumaro was part of this as well, a guy who's had a handful of receptions, all of these little microaggressions have led you to this point to hell with you. The Green Bay Packers existed for 95 years before Aaron Rodgers ever set foot in Green Bay, and it's God willing going to continue to be around for another 195 years after you're gone. The Packers survived when Vince Lombardi left. It was a long couple of decades. The franchise was still there. They kept playing football every Sunday at Lambeau Field. The Packers survived when Ron Wolf left. The Packers survived when Mike Holmgren left. The Packers survived when Brett Favre left. And the Packers are going to survive whenever Aaron Rodgers leaves. Whether it's now, whether it's a year from now, whether it's five years from now. The Packers are going to go on. You want to be mad, be mad. But at least address this head on. And to me, that's the biggest disappointment in this entire situation. It's that Aaron Rodgers has chosen to take his ball and go suck his thumb in the corner like a baby. Instead of being a man about it and actually listening to what others are saying, listening to what Brian Gutekunst and Mark Murphy and Matt LaFleur are saying. So if you want to go, go. I don't think the Packers should make it easy on Aaron Rodgers. Look, if he's demanding a trade and the Packers don't get fair market value, you know what? Screw you. Then you're going to sit out because you signed a contract. And I know that contracts in the NFL, they're not fair, and they don't favor the players. And I get that. I understand that. But you can't just say, you know what? I'm out. I'm done. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm finished without any kind of explanation whatsoever. And what you said on Kenny Mayne, it, it's, it's not good enough. It doesn't fly. And this has been going on publicly for a month, more than a month, and in private for, what, since the NFC Championship game? Anyway, that'll about do it for this edition of the Doug Russell Podcast. Feel free to hit us up on Twitter, at Doug Russell Pod. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram, at Doug Russell Pod as well. For all of our shows, backlog, uh, all of everything that we've done for that matter, uh, either on social media or I think we're on, I think this is our 91st show. You can download the other 90 if you'd like as well. www.dougrusselpod.com. Again, www.dougrusselpod.com. Have a great week. We will talk to you next time right here on the Doug Russell Podcast.